everyone, and welcome to Rethink Life Church. We're so glad you joined us today, and we have in the room some of our staff and our team and friends. So come on, guys, let's welcome everybody that's online with us today. So glad that you joined us. And right now is a great time to hit that share button. If you're watching on your phone, maybe you can even just snapshot a picture right now and send it out because we're getting ready to give a message of hope that people need to hear. And God has given us the opportunity to share through social media um, during these days. There's no greater way for us to share the message of hope that is found in Jesus. So why don't you partner with with us. Our team's doing it. Why don't you partner with us and help us share the hope that's found in Jesus? Well, we're continuing a series called Rethink Life that we started last week, which was a powerful message that Pastor Rodney gave us and why we even need to rethink life. And here we are in 2020, a worldwide pandemic has happened and a lot of people are actually rethinking what life is all about. And that's what we're talking talking about. So today is our session two of Rethink Life, and we're talking about rethinking you, because there's nothing more important than to really have that foundation and understanding of who we are, as the Bible says, in Christ, because they're so important that we understand that we have that perspective. Do you guys remember uh, back in 2015, the dress? The dress that drove us all crazy because there was a dress that was posted online and there was confusion as to what color it actually was. And it just blew up the Internet like the biggest thing that had ever happened on the Internet was either this gold and white dress or this blue and black dress. And it was all a matter of how we saw it. It was our perspective. It was the way that we perceived things with our eyes and our minds. I saw the blue and black dress. And you know what? I'm thankful I was right because I like to be right. But it was a blue and black dress. But it was all a matter of perspective. And that's the same with us. The way that we see ourselves, it's a matter of our perspective. And God has told us who we are. And he shows us who we are through his word. But when it comes to this whole issue of rethinking you, there's really five factors that make up what we call our identity, the way we see ourselves. And the first is our chemistry. It's our DNA. It's the way we were born into this world. You know, It's our genetics. And, And we have no control over that. That, that's just who we are. And God created us just the way he wanted us. But it's our DNA. It's our chemistry. The second's our connections. Those are our, like our parents. And that's another thing we didn't choose. But we all have a mom and a dad. And we all have these connections. It's our parents, our peers, our spouse, professionals, teachers, influencers in our life. These are people and connections that influence our identity and how we see ourselves. And then number three is our circumstances, things that happen to us and around us. And really, we don't have control over those things either. Our circumstances, they may be hurt, 
pain or even successes in our life that that help us and that help are a part of who we are in our identity. Yeah. Number four is our conscious, and that's what I kind of call my our self talk. That's the way that we talk to ourselves and what we think about ourselves. The voices from within and the voices from without. You know that affects how we see ourselves. And then number five is the most important one. And it's our choices. Our choices affect the way that we see ourselves. And it's the one that trumps everything else because we can't control, you know, who we were born to. We can't control our, our, our DNA. We can't control some of the circumstances of our life. But we can control the voices that we allow to yeah. speak into our life, the right. things that we believe. We can control those things. And I'm so thankful that we have that choice. And today I want to talk to you about the strongest voice that you allow into your life. Because really, the things that you believe about you and yourself are the strongest, they have the strongest power in our life, the strongest voice in our life. And the person that we love the most and our identity is largely determined by the most important person in our life and what they think of us and what they see in us. So today I want to talk to you about making that person your creator. Because God has written a love letter to us, and he's written his word to us about how we should see ourselves. There's no greater voice than the voice of God, and we have the choice to listen to that voice. So today, I just want to point out some things to you that God's Word says about you. And I love what 1 Samuel 16, 7 says. It says, The Lord doesn't see the way that man sees. People judge by the outward appearance, but the Lord is looking at our heart. Aren't you thankful for that? Yes. You know, yes. as I get a little older every single day, I'm so thankful that God's not looking on the outside. He's actually looking at my heart and who he created me to be. And he has desire for me to be all that he created me to be. So I want to just point out three very important truths from God's word about who he says that you are as we rethink who we are in Christ. And the first one is, is that you have been chosen by God. Yeah. Ephesians 1, 4-5 says, In Christ, God chose us before the world was made so that we would be his holy people. Because of his love, God had already decided to make us his own children through Jesus Christ. That's so important. And that was what he wanted, and that's what pleased him. He chose us before he even created the world. He knew that he was going to create us, and he chose us. We're important. We are so, so important. God chose us before he created any of the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the trees that we see. He chose us, and we are the most important of his creation. You know, when I was a little girl, I'll never forget. It's like one of those memories that is sealed in my mind. Do you guys have memories like that? That I probably was like first, second grade. But the worst day of the whole school year for me was field day. And I just was devastated when field day would come and I would beg my mom to please let me stay home. But 
they would not let me stay home and she would put me in the cutest little pigtails. I knew I was going to be so cute out on the field, but I also knew they were going to line us up against the wall and they were going to choose who was going to be on their team. And guess what? I knew before going into it that I would be chosen last. And yes, I was chosen last. And that's because I'm just not a great athlete. Uh, But aren't you thankful? And I'm so thankful that even though I have that memory in my mind, I can look to the word of God and know that he chose me first. And I can stand on that. I don't have to remember or think about the things that I'm not good at. I can know that God chose me. And during this time when it's just kind of a crazy world that we live in, you know, that's kind of a funny and silly story. But I want you to remember, no matter where you're at right now, God is looking at you, he loves you, and he has chosen you. He chose you before the foundations of the world, and he wants to have a relationship with you. Just know that that love of God is right there waiting to have a relationship with you. If you haven't started that relationship today, we're going to give you an opportunity at the end of this talk to begin a relationship with God, because he chose you. Secondly, you, well, there's a few things about being chosen that I want to remind you, actually, that you are acceptable. Nothing hurts us more in life than rejection, you know? When somebody rejects us, it's like the most painful thing that we can feel. But I want to remind you that you're acceptable in God. He has accepted you just the way you are. Titus 3, 5 and 7 said, God saved us. It was not because of any good deeds that we ourselves have done, but because of his own mercy that he saved us through his Holy Spirit, who gives us new birth and new life by washing us. He has made us acceptable because of Jesus. God's love and acceptance of us doesn't depend on what I do, and it's not I love you if. It's because of Jesus. You're not accepted because you're perfect and have always done everything right. You're accepted and we're loved because Jesus is the perfect and the right sacrifice for us. And because of all that we've done wrong, he has done it right for us. We're accepted because of Jesus. You're valuable. Your value has been established, like I said, from the beginning of the universe. And no one can take that away from you. 1 Corinthians 7.23 says, You have been bought with a price. And you have been bought and paid for by Christ. So you belong to him. You are bought with a high price. You are extremely valuable to God. In fact, you're priceless to him. No matter the choices you've made and no matter the decisions you've had in your life or the things that have happened to you, things that have been done to you, nothing changes your value. God paid a high price for you when he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, from heaven to earth. He became man, died on a cross for all that stuff. 
and then he was buried and he rose again so that we could have life and life to the full. And you are valuable to him. Nothing will ever change that in your life. No matter what happens to you, no matter what you do, it doesn't change how God sees you and he values you. You're forgivable. Isaiah 43, 25 says, I, yes, I alone will blot out your sins for my own sake and I will never think of them again. This is what Jesus had done for us. Isaiah was, it was a foreshadowing of what Jesus would do for us. When he died, he shed his blood on the cross for our sins. He wiped them out. We are as white as snow, the Bible says, that our slate is clean because of what Jesus has done for us. You are forgivable in your life. And you are capable One of my favorite scriptures, I know you've heard it before. Lots of athletes wear it on their blackout. It's uh, Philippians 4.13. And this is a cool version of it, the amplified version. It says, I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. And remember, that says in Christ. It's all because it's in Jesus, you know. And I'm ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength in me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. You are capable in your life. You know, um, a year or so ago, I had a friend write me a letter, and it just really stood out to me. And I just want to read it to you because this might be where you're at. And I, I was just so touched by her letter to me about how she has learned that she's capable in Christ. And um, she said, when I was about eight or nine years old, when I recall my daddy first using the phrase to me, you aren't too bright, are you, daughter? He was saying in a joking manner, but now I'm 80 years old. And I still am trying to get that out of my head, what he said to me all those years ago. My sister always made straight A's in school, and she would always tell me, please don't be mad at me. And, and I wasn't mad at her because of what Daddy would say to her, but he, he would say, why don't you make straight A's like your sister? And so it even had an effect on her, too. I remember he made sure at my graduation from high school to go down to the front of the auditorium and get pictures of me graduating because he always told people that he would show those pictures that he had uh, to other people because he never thought it would happen. I entered college in the upper fourth of my freshman class, and when I was 50 years old, I graduated from a technical college with a computer programming degree with straight A's, a 4.0 grade average. I drove eight an eight-hour trip when she was 50 years old. She drove an eight-hour trip to her parents' house, took all the papers from her graduation, certificate to show her daddy and that I had graduated at the top of my class and even then he didn't seem very impressed can you imagine my daddy was an air force pilot and I got my private pilot's license after I was grown and had four children I got my real estate license and worked a job and then I became a flight attendant for 20 years so I knew I was not dumb But it it took Jesus and his words to make me realize I was who he said I was and not what any other person says about me. So I just want you to know, no matter what your situation growing up in life, our parents, 
people around us, teachers, friends, no matter what they've said, you're capable. You're able to do amazing things. In fact, God says that he's going to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. And that's what he says about you. So remember those things that you've been chosen. You've been, you're acceptable. You're valuable. You're forgivable and you are capable. God says this about you. Number two, from the word of God, thoughts that I want you to remember about who you are, that you are made in the image of God. It says in Genesis 1, 26 and 27, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. Isn't that amazing that we're created in the image of God? In the Latin, the words for image of God are imago Dei. And imago Dei is what what we all contain inside of us. The image of God is inside of us. And what does that mean? It's not that we physically look like God. Because he's not a physical being, he's a spiritual being. So what does it mean to look like God? We have the characteristics of God. He is God the Father, he's God the Son, and he's God the Holy Spirit. So he's three parts. And that's the way he created us. He created us with a a body, with a soul, and with a spirit. We look like God. We're created in his image. And that must be an unshakable conviction to our life. It's got to be something that we build our life on, that we're made in the image of God, because that's the way we'll see other people, too. We have to see other people, that they're made in the very image of God, no matter the color of their skin, no matter their capabilities in life, no matter when, if they're born or they're unborn, they're made in the image of God. The Bible tells us that he created us in his image. And this will give us, the, it will establish for us the personhood and value of people, of every single person that we come in contact with. The lovable and the unlovable in our eyes are all made in the image of God. They have the very fingerprint of God upon their life. So we must see people that way, and you got to see yourself that way. You're made in God's image. There's nothing greater. He created you so that you can make a difference with your life. And not only are we chosen by God, not only are we made in His image, but third, you have a unique purpose in your life. And don't ever forget that. On your bad days, on your worst days, don't ever forget that you had a unique purpose purpose on your life. Colossians 1.16 says everything, absolutely everything got started in Christ, in Jesus, and it finds, we find our purpose in him. We all have a unique purpose in our life. We have something to offer the world. God didn't create anything without purpose. He didn't create you without a purpose. He had you in mind for a specific purpose. He created me with a specific purpose. He created you 
distinctly to be here this day, 2020, where you're at, no matter where you're at around the world. He has a purpose for you to be there and he has a purpose for you to fulfill. It's unique to you because you are unique in your own, the way that he created you, your own DNA. I have nephews that are identical twins. But they are so have a thousand different things that are different about them, even though they are they're identical twins. God has a unique purpose for each one of them. God has a unique purpose for us. So no matter where you're at, you have a contribution to make. You have a difference to make with your life. You have an impact that you can make with your life that no one else. No one else in this world can make. And you have influence over people's lives that maybe nobody else has that same influence that you do. So you got to own that and remember that when you're rethinking you on your tough days, on the challenging days. We've had some, haven't we, over the past few months? We've had some tough days. Remember, you have a unique purpose that only you can fulfill on this earth so don't give up rethink you and the purpose that god has for your life one of my favorite scriptures of all time is ephesians 2 10 we are his masterpiece we're created in christ jesus to do the good things that he planned for us long ago he's got it all planned out We just got to get it on his plan and live life to the full. We can't be living down on ourselves, negative on ourselves because of our circumstances or the things that are going on around us and not live the full life that God has planned and intended for us to live. We can't allow it to happen because we have a thief that's come to kill, steal, and destroy. And he is working overtime right now. Overtime. But let's stand up and be the people that God has called us to be and fulfill that unique purpose that he has put on your life and on mine. We can make a difference. We can make a difference in somebody's life today. You know, that's what real success is, is when we fulfill our purpose, our divine design. And we've set it up here at Rethink Life. We'd love for you to be a part of our starting point class. And you can jump on our website, RethinkLife.com, and you can learn through this class. If you sign up for this class, you can learn up, learn your divine design. You can learn your personality, your spiritual gifts, the way God made you just so uniquely you so that you can make a difference and an impact with your life. We'd love for you to connect with us. Just go to our, the front page of our website, RethinkLife.com, and just click on that starting point class because that's, that's kind of a starting point, like a foundational class, just to learn how God specifically and uniquely created you to make a, dif- a difference with your life. One of my favorite uh, stories in the Bible, I just want to share with you as we kind of wrap up our time together. It's found in 2 Samuel chapter 9. And it's the story of a, a guy named Mephibosheth. And we, we first learn of him in 2 Samuel chapter 4. And he was the son of Jonathan, the grandson of Saul. And he, so this was a relationship that King David had 
with Jonathan and with Saul. So this was before David became king. And he was, King Saul was very jealous of David. And he was trying to find a way just really to take him out. But, you know, God fulfills his purposes and his plans in our life. And and actually Saul was taken out and Jonathan. But before Jonathan uh, was killed in battle, he made a pact with David because David and Jonathan were the best of friends. And they made a pact with each other that they would take care of, of each other. They would always be soul tied to each other and that they would take care of their families if somebody, if one of them were killed in battle. And that's exactly what happened. King Saul was killed, and Jonathan, his son, was killed. But Jonathan had a son that was five years old when he was killed, and his name was Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth had a a maidservant that was taking care of him uh, when, when Jonathan was killed. And she was so scared at what had happened that she was trying to gather all their things from the kingdom in which they lived. And they, she was grabbing Mephibosheth to run and hide. And she dropped Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth broke his his feet and his legs, and he became crippled. He was never able to to regain his ability to fully walk. And so this is Mephibosheth. He's royalty. He's the grandson of King Saul, and he's the son of Jonathan. And so years go by, and we know it's probably like 15 to 20 years because the, the Bible says that Mephibosheth now had his own son. King David remembers what he promised to Jonathan, his friend, that he would show favor on anyone that was in his family. And so he asked some of the servants around him, is there anybody left in the family of Jonathan that I can show favor to? And they said, yes, actually, Mephibosheth is living in Lodibar. And the meaning of Lodibar, this place, is called not having. You see, Mephibosheth, had seen himself not as royalty, not as the grandson of the king anymore. He was in a place of lacking and not having. He was in a place of hiding. But Jonathan sought him out, or David, King David, I'm sorry, sought him out, found Mephibosheth, and brought him to the king's palace. He said, and, and when Mephibosheth came before King David, he bowed before him and he said, I, I, I'm nothing, I'm nothing. Even though he was crippled in both feet, the Bible said it said that he bowed before him. I'm like a dead dog, like the lowest of the lowest and even dead. That's what he thought of himself as coming from nothing. But see, he was royalty inside of him. Who he was was not what he was living And David reminded him. He brought him to the king's palace. The Bible says that he made him as one of his own sons. He sat him at the king's table to eat every day, to eat at the king's table. And it isn't interesting that when you sit at a table, you can't see our feet below us. Because at the king's table, he only sees you for who you are, not the mistakes you've made, not the hurt that's been brought onto you, not the things that have crippled you in life. He sees you as royalty, a son or a daughter of the king because of Jesus Christ. Because of Jesus Christ. Almost every scripture we read today says in Christ. 
That's where we find our true identity is in Christ because we are chosen. We're made in the image of God and we have a unique purpose to fulfill in this life, on this earth, for this time. You're called to be here and God has a purpose for you. So don't let those thoughts get in your head. Maybe your net worth is not what it used to be, but your God worth is greater than it's ever been. No matter the challenges that you face right now, maybe you've lost a job. Maybe you've lost a loved one that was the one that used to speak life into you. I want you to know that God's speaking life into you and over you today because the price he paid when he gave his one and only son, Jesus, to die for you. So I just want to take a moment just to remind you of that today. We love you here at Rethink Life Church. And our greatest desire is that you have a relationship with God. It's not about a religion. It's not a list of things to do. Because like we said, there's nothing that you can do to earn the grace that's been given to you because of Jesus. We desire more than anything that you have in a relationship with God because he wants to give you that full and eternal life here on earth, but he wants to give you eternal life in heaven. And we see things and we see ourselves from that perspective. We can make right choices and then have a greater impact with our life. And that's our greatest desire for you. In fact, that's our mission. That's what we're all about here. So I just want to take a moment to pray with you today. If you want to just begin that relationship with Jesus Christ, if you've never had that opportunity before, I'd love to give you that opportunity today. But I also want to say to you, those who have a relationship with Jesus, let's be who God called us to be. Rethink you. Don't let the disappointments, the unmet expectations, the challenges, the pain, the frustration, the fear keep you from being all that God has called you to be in this time. People need you. People around you need you. You need to stand up and be who God's called you to be because he loves you with everything he has. I just want to remind you of that today. So if you are ready to begin a relationship with Jesus, would you pray with me today? And you just pray these these words after me. Father, thank you so much for sending your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. I believe that he was buried and he he rose again on the third day, conquering death and hell for me so that I can have eternal life. Father, I ask you to, to come into my life. I ask Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. I confess that, that I'm a sinner in, in need of a Savior, and Jesus is my Savior today. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Well, thank you again for joining us today. And we would really love to know that you prayed that prayer. It'd mean the world to me. If you would just text us at the number on the screen, just text, I've decided, or you can just send us a note about your life. Just let us know what's going on in your life. We would love to know that you're watching. We'd love to know that you're taking this next step in your spiritual journey. Well, we love you guys. Have a great week. And next week, we're going to continue this series, Rethink Life, as we talk about that third thing that is so important in our lives.